great party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by Rich Rogers for a game of Impulse Drive by Adrian Thone, the Powered by the Apocalypse game of Misfits on Spaceships. I'm pretty excited. The game's real good. Rich is one of the hosts of Plus One Forward, the podcast powered by the Apocalypse, where every episode he and co-host Rach Shelke explore the world of games powered by the Powered by the Apocalypse engine. It is a spectacular show with some eye-opening interviews that I cannot recommend enough. You can find more information about Plus One Forward and about Impulse Drive in the show notes. Rich is also a member of the Gauntlet Gaming Community, a group of wonderful, wonderful people uh, running, playing, developing, and promoting role-playing games of all kinds. I can't say enough nice things about the Gauntlet Community. They are just wonderful, kind people, and I love them to death. You can find more information about that at gauntletrpg.com. And with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to it and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Rich Rogers. Rich, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Hey, Jeff. I'm super excited to be on Party of One. You know, it was great playing with you back in the day when we did that Twitch game and uh, excited to be on. Yes, that Twitch game was so much fun, by the way. Uh, The Star Wars game with uh, Rich Howard and James Intercasso. That was a good game. Absolutely. Uh, so at the top of the show, uh, why don't you take a moment and talk about anything that you've got going on that you might want the audience to know about any cool podcast you're a part of that sort of thing. You bet. Uh, Rich Rogers. I am a member of the gauntlet gaming community, which you can find on Google plus. They do have a Patreon and I have a podcast on that network called plus one forward. We were fortunate enough to be nominated for an any for, uh, RPG podcasts and, we didn't get second or first, so I'm just claiming third because they don't actually give out who's third to fifth. That's, so I'll just claim third. I, did, I I like that strategy. That's a smart. I I appreciate. I respect the hell out of that. <laughs> I also game uh, currently running an East Texas University game on YouTube, trying to get it up on Twitch, but I'm having some tech difficulties. So we just do it through YouTube Live and rest, and run that with the Monster of the Week game system but in the east texas university setting and that's an ongoing campaign yeah it's been a great game so far two sessions in so early enough for people to jump in and check it out that runs on sundays that's that's very cool i love that so uh this week we are playing impulse drive it is the powered by the apocalypse game of misfits on spaceships um as you are running the game this week why don't you give the big picture and then i will introduce my character You bet. So Impulse Drive, powered by the Apocalypse, which means we'll be rolling a couple of six-siders and occasionally three because there's a thing called Advantage. The gist of our setting, we're not running in Star Wars, although, you know, close in my heart there, but we're going to go with a bit of a setting that we'll probably be making up as we play. The basic premise is that you are going to be traveling in a... uh, You're going to be traveling in a place towards a, a system, uh, and Port Jericho is where we're going to be heading, which is a, an outpost on the edge of the Rimward Frontier. Uh, and my character this week is Vex Trancer. Vex is ex-military washout, um, eh, honorably discharged, maybe, maybe just kind of like quietly shuffled off into oblivion. You know, he doesn't, I don't talk about my past too much. He is um, a bounty hunter. He is a hound. He is the hound playbook. He is very good at tracking people. 
he is very good at finding people, particularly people who don't want to be found. Uh, His specialty is looking at him, you wouldn't think much. You wouldn't think that he's particularly intimidating. But uh, he kind of has this... um, He kind of has this demeanor of somebody that doesn't seem to be taking things terribly seriously. He takes his time. He's a little bit lazy in movement. Uh, But, you know, he... As his ship, as his ship, the name of his uh, his bounty hunting, his predator ship implies, his catching you is kind of inevitable. You know, <laughs> he, he, uh, I, uh, I take my time, you know, I'm in no rush because I know I'm going to get you. You can run all you want, but eventually I'm going to catch up with you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to take you in and I'm going to get paid for it. It's really that simple. With all that in mind, I don't need to move quick. Well, luckily, and that is my character in a nutshell. I I like Vex a lot. Uh, so the inspirations for Impulse Drive are perfect for this kind of character. Fiction like the TV show Farscape, as well as Firefly, video games like Mass Effect are all baked in. Uh, but this is our own setting, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a perfect fit. I really like Vex Tancer. So v- you have detailed a few areas on the inevitable. Uh, the inevitable yes. is this uh, military, former military ship. It's it's not a tramp freighter. It actually has some punch to it because it's a predator. There are playbooks for ships mm-hmm. in this game that can help to drive play. It's scorched and worn, and occasionally it rattles. You have mm-hmm. a crew. Uh, Now, I have detailed four members of your crew. I'll list them briefly here. One of them has recently left service, and so you get to choose which of them has left and why. You have, or had, the pilot, Gabriela Papas, the mechanic, Waddle Kuntz, your medic-slash-science officer, Sachko Ayo, and then the general hand, who is a gunner slash lifter and loader slash yeoman, uh, Mustafa Scheisel. So which member of your crew has recently left service? And what is the reason that you were given for that? Uh, I think I think Mustafa definitely just uh, I think I think he retired. And I think the reason that he I think because a big part of the crew of the inevitable a big part of vex's career is that this isn't necessarily a life's calling for him and he kind of attracts people of that same you know they're all very loyal to vex and to the inevitable but we're all kind of of the mindset that like this is a job we're here to get paid get in get out and hopefully not lose too many limbs in the process so i think mustafa you know a little bit older had kind of just been like, I'm good. I've got my retirement set. I've got I've got family to look after. I'm gonna head. I'm heading. I'm heading home. Nice. I like it. Not like you have a 401k, but you guys had a couple of good paydays back before he left. Yeah. So we begin with you uh, sitting in uh, as one of the areas you defined the uh, break room. 
where you have a hollow projector, uh, a dartboard, and a lot of comic books. So comic books, are these actual physical books that you happen to lug around throughout space? Uh, some of them. Actually, I'm going to say all of them, and I'm going to say they are uh, kind of a rarity. They are a bit of a money sink. You know, we, we, we pay extra for the premium luxury of having physical paper comics. <laughs> because, you know, it's part of the experience. It's part of, you know, uh, I like them. I enjoy them. I read them. They help me. They help me. Dr- they help me get to sleep at night. So uh, I'm willing. And it's my ship. So I can put in the extra money. Indeed. As we focus in on the break room, we see a couple of older issues of Flash Basbo, the comic. And you are currently on the holo projector speaking with one of your fixers, a person that helps to set you up with jobs when you're kind of between systems and unable to check in to the bulletin board where you would normally get your bounties. Mm-hmm. And you're speaking with a, a gentle being, a man by the name of Tiamat. Uh, Tiamat wears relatively fashionable, very silvery clothes that for some reason uh, have arrays around his head. You're not sure if it's some kind of air capture device or, or breathing mechanism or a fashion. Uh, but Tiamat is sharing with you a bit of information. And this is this is kind of as we're coming in, we overlay what appears to be the inevitable heading towards uh, a, as aforementioned, Port Jericho, uh, which is a, a space station kind of mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I think that we, we come in my feet are on the bar. Uh, I've like kicked back. Like I've kicked back. My feet are on a table. I'm wearing my uh, once military issue like uh, infantry jacket, but it's crumpled and it's got patches on it. It's you know clearly seen better days. Mm-hmm. And I am listening to Tiamat, but I am also deeply deeply into a comic book like i my eyes are not on the screen i am i am i could not be paying i i should say it doesn't look like i am paying a lick of attention i think tiamat knows me better than to think that i'm actually not paying attention but like i am all but asleep reading this book we also hear as uh tiamat is droning on a bit of information about this particular bounty your mechanic, Waddle Kuntz, has maneuvered himself into the vending machine because it's on the fritz again. And he does get a little bit of a, a kickback from the vending machine. So he's working on that to try to get it to dispense your uh, food pellets and food bar. So you hear him grunting occasionally and changing over tools. And Tiamat, Tiamat kind of after the pleasantries, sees that you are really playing ball with chatting about the latest uh, intoxicants. And he says, Pharaoh is the name of a moon located off Sector 7 in Aurora Space. Now, Pharaoh is run by a quasi-religious organization called the Zatrax. So far, the Zatrax and the Aurans have had an amiable working relationship. With the Zatrax providing investigative support to Aurora's interrogations in law enforcement, which is very important. Zatrax is also renowned renowned for their prison called the House of Cubes, a house from which no one has ever escaped until now. I figured there was an until now. There's always, always an until now. We wouldn't be talking if there wasn't an until now. Yes. Sorry, I... Well, 
I'm glad yeah, to hear that I have your I attention, Vex. Yeah, you've always got my attention, Tiamat. You know, I love our little talks. You know, oh, oh whoa, that's so cool. What? A, oh, I'm, oh, sorry. Okay, I'm putting the book down. I'm putting it. I'm putting Tiamat. Yes. Tiamat. I'm putting the book down. Good. Book's down. I'm glad to see that. Good. Listen, and listen closely. This is a contract rating of two. So your ship payment will be quite lucrative if you're completed. And it also might be a bit personal for you if I read your bounty record correctly. So you're talking about the shark then? Oh, no. No, no, no. The shark has never been apprehended. However, a member of his organization, Sigrin Balter is now unaccounted for, and Zatrax claims that the only, only way a prisoner could have escaped the House of Cubes is w- with help from contacts within Aurora. So naturally, the Aurorans deny the accusations, but the Zatrax officials have insisted that treaty has been broken, and they now hold council, member, council member Halic Thondra hostage. Now, we pause because Halic is a person that you know, Vex. You've worked for Halic before. Perhaps something more? Why wouldn't you want Halic to suffer at the hands of the Zatrax zealots? Halic and I go way back. We, uh, we had a fling back in, you know, back a little bit after I washed out or, you know, after I left. It was an amicable thing. I promise you it was amicable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we had a fling and, you know, I don't want to see, I don't want to see him get hurt. I don't want to see him suffer. You know, we had good times once, I think. I, I remember him fondly. So, yeah, of course, I don't, uh, I mean, I think, I think as soon as the name Halic gets dropped, I, I kind of drop the, the, the shtick a little bit Mm -hmm. and my posture straightens and I'm like, Okay. Ah, now they hold, the Zatrax hold Halic hostage, saying that they will return them once Sigrin has been rightfully returned to them. So we have a very sticky situation. I need Sigrin to be either returned alive or in an identifiable state. Is that clear, Vex? Got it, got it. No disintegrations. Yeah, I know. I got the standard clause. I get it, I get it, I get it. Now, this is me asking again. Sigrin Balter, he's in the House of Cubes because of you, isn't he? Yes. Um, yes, he is part of an organ. He's part of the organization of the crime lord, the Shark, who is a real piece of work, is the thing. You know, drugs, money, stimulants, guns, weapons. Uh, if it's illegal, you can bet that he's got a finger in it. Indeed. So, and, you know, he and me, we've been going... We've been going back and forth for a long time, right? Like, you know, I I take I take out some uh, I take out some of his guys. He takes out some of mine, and it's here's what's frustrating about the shark. I've been I, I think about this a lot. It's we're on it we're on a path. I think I, I I've seen this happen. I've seen heroes and I've seen villains and I've seen them collide, right? But the thing is, I'm not. I don't want to be that guy, right? Like, this isn't my life's calling. But I also know that I'm not exactly gonna... I know I'm also not gonna exactly walk away knowing that he's out there. So, 
Sigrun, you know, I could I tell you when? Probably not. Could I tell you that we put up some legendary fight? Probably not. But I put him away. I, you know, he ran and the inevitable happened and he <laughs> ended up in the House of Cubes. Until now. Until now. Which I'm not particularly happy about. It seems like it's a mark on my reputation. Could be. Could be. Maybe you and the Zadrax have a little beef on Sigrun. So sure you've been... sounds that way. So we cut from that. You've accepted the contract for Sigrun Balter. You've been tracking Sigrun for a 10-day, and his trail has led you to one of his old haunts, Port Jericho. We have a cool establishing shot of Port Jericho, which is like a, a donut on a stick is kind of the way that this space station looks. It has okay. uh, actual gravity, so there's a bit of a rotation to the donut itself. That's where the habitation level is. And uh, Port Jericho is a lawless outpost on the edge of the Rimward Frontier. It's orbiting a gas giant in the nearly lifeless Ross 154 star, star system. The final refueling station before the frontier. It was constructed eons ago by a now-defunct gas mining collective and sold to private interest when the company was dissolved. There are a few harvesting ships that still ferry hydrogen and helium-3 from the gas giant to the station's processing tanks, but Jericho makes its money, much more money, from gambling and black market trade than it ever has from fuel sales. This is my kind of place. Now, the Confed... Which, you being a soldier, I'm thinking, did you maybe for the work for the the Confederation? Maybe that was... Yeah, I, I did. I, for, I, briefly, it was, you know, it, somewhere between basic training and, like, active deployment is where we parted ways. Amicably. It was a mutual decision. Okay. But, uh... Somewhere along there, but like, yeah, I, I was a I was a confed soldier once. I've got the confed soldier jacket. <laughs> well, the confed have a small military presence here, and the ranking officer is Colonel Thompson. He's basically the governor of the station. However, because this is the middle of nowhere, the, this is a posting used to get rid of troublemakers, repeat offenders, and underachievers. Over time, there's been rampant corruption pretty lackadaisical approach to security. The civilian sections of the station are controlled by an association of businesses who elect what they call a mayor uh, to act as a liaison to the military governor. They're allowed to run things as long as they keep the governor happy with his share of the profits. And that's the general sure. setup that we have for Port Jericho. So we see the inevitable come to the docking ring, and uh, and you, you have the the friend or foe identification back and forth. Work with Com Tower. You've got Gabriella up front. She's bringing her in uh, to dock, and she's particularly grumpy uh, today. Not entirely happy about coming to a piss poor, oxygen uh, deprived place like. Port Jericho. Uh, she's had a few run-ins at gambling dens like this, and so the chances are Gabriella's probably going to stay on the ship, uh, just trying to trade out the oxygen and, and get what they can. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
it's, it's likely that your science officer will uh, come along with Waddle once he has finished up with the vending machine. He's got to get that commission. There's a move that I'd like for you to use called the crew is back in town. All right. When you dock or land a ship somewhere for the first time or after being away for at least an episode, this is our only episode, so you've been away for at least an episode, you roll plus disposition. I'm going to say we're flat at disposition with poor Jericho, unless you think you've got a particular history with this uh, pissant station in the middle of nowhere. Sounds good. All right. So you're going to roll 2d6. You're looking for a 7 or better. 2d6. Submit. I got a 10. Wow. You got a 10. So on a 10 plus, you dock without issue and everything seems clear. So you pull in, see the two of you, there's enough artificial gravity on your ship to where you're able to walk across the dock. And then there's a confed soldier who comes to greet you. Uh, He is of probably Oren descent you can tell because he mm-hmm. shaves his head that's kind of a cultural thing for the sure. those from the aurora system and you see that he's got no pips uh so he's a private of some kind very low ranking uh individual and he he comes up to you checks your eye dents and says oh a bounty hunter great great now there's a bounty there's a bounty he needs hunting mm. turns out you call a bounty hunter funny how that works Mm-hmm. He looks over to your science officer and, and then to your mechanic and checks over their eye dents. He says, yeah, well, you know, um, there's a new access fee for um, searching the bounty system. I can go ahead and take care of that for you right here if you want to make the exchange. And I, I sit there silent for longer than is appropriate before I, I reach for... I reach for my credit, uh, like my credit uh, transmitter. Cool. So you drop the cred stick into his yeah. uh, his little docking, and he transfers over you know, a few hundred credits. Mm-hmm. He says, well, have an excellent day, sir. You as well. And I throw just the floppiest salute, just the most disrespectful salute that I can possibly muster. <laughs> so... Io and Waddle are walking with you as you walk into the promenade. This is a small station. There are a couple of other ships that you saw that were docked here. There are a few hundred people that reside here and then a lot of traffic moving in and out. Um, you know that there are medical, there's, there's a, a med bay, there are shops here on the promenade, there are also gambling dens, there are places where you can have cybernetics affixed or or you know you can sell cybernetics if you wish what is it that you'd like to do vex uh i think vex vex hasn't been around people in a while well he's been around his crew but you know they are they're nice they're i i trust them i love my crew to death i'd die for them don't always want to hang out with them is how i would describe it (laughs) So I think Vex, uh, partially due to boredom and partially because it seems like the best way to get a lead, just like hits up any bars, any bars, poker rooms, tables, that kind of thing. Just looking for a good time, maybe somebody with a little bit, maybe somebody who's a little bit, uh, a little bit vaped up who might have some, some loose lips, something like that. 
Cool, and then don't forget that as a hound, you also have the ability to, when you dock, you can check the bulletin boards for current bounties. Oh, that actually, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Great. I think. So the bulletin board, and if you check under signature moves for bounty hunting, uh, there yes. it is. So you would be rolling plus volatile, which is one of your which stats. Is, which is plus two. Let's say that there is a bulletin, bulletin board directly across the entrance to the Black Dog Tavern, which is in Sector Blue 2 of Port Jericho. All right. 2d6 plus two. Yeah, that looks like a four and a four, which would be, with your plus two, a ten. All right. On a ten plus, you can find something good. Hold two leads. Now, that those leads are a, a resource that you can spend um, at any time during a contract, which you're on right now. You can spend a lead to say someone present has a bounty on them. <laughs> so you can have, know about bounties other than just Sigrun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can ask some questions. If you spend extra leads, you can answer the questions yourself. Otherwise, mm. I will. Um, I think I'm going to spend one of those. I think I'm going to head into the, the Black Dog. All right. And spend one of those leads to point out that there is a uh, an illegal cybernetics vendor that has a bounty on them. Not a large bounty. Not, ex- not enough that I'm necessarily going to like turn on them mm-hmm. well actually let me ask like, rather rather than that let me ask the question of who has the bounty on them all right who has the bounty on them so you step into the black dog tavern black dog tavern has a, imagine an intoxicate intoxicant version of an espresso machine like they brew their own mash here which is a mix of fuel as well as some things that they get from the uh, bioengineering plant on board. And near that, you spot one of the bounties that kind of had been hidden behind some files for a being by the name of Malcolm Stoyer. And he has a bounty on him. And there he is, right at the bar. I am going to grab the seat directly next to Malcolm, order a drink, just kind of lean over, like, lean over, kind of like, smile real wide. Hey, Malcolm, I think they're looking, think, think people are looking for you. Nice. You come up to Malcolm. Malcolm, it's hard to tell his age because it appears as if he has, you know, he, he tastes the sauce that he brews. He has a great deal of modifications uh, from muscle augmentation to what appears to be a skull replacement because the skin has been pulled back over and it is not exactly evenly done. Um, He looks over at you with a cybernetic eye and he peers for a moment as if he should know who you are. His head twitches for a second and he says, Don't think I know you, friend. Oh, and he kind of like sits for a moment, he rolls his eyes, and he's like, all right, we're going to have to do the whole thing. All right, hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second, Malcolm. I got to get into character and do the whole thing. All right, here we go. Got to loosen up. Got to loosen up. And he puts his hand on, he puts his hand back on his shoulder, but he kind of slams it down now. Vex Trancer, bounty hunter. You might have heard of me. There's a bounty on your head, and I'm going to ask you some questions, or else I'm going to turn you in. 
It sounds as if you want to intimidate him to give you some I information. Do want to intimidate him. When you use threats to bully someone into doing what you want, make it clear what you want them to do, which you have, and what you'll do to them, I think we can guess, then roll plus volatile, which you are rather good at. All right. That is a six. That is an eight total. Nice. An eight total. So on a seven to nine, they, meaning I as the GM, can choose for an NPC, uh, can either uh, cave in and do what you want, force you to follow through and suck it up, or choose to get out of your way, hunker down and take cover, give you something they think you want, tell you something they think you want to hear, or attempt to de-escalate and look for an exit. And so Malcolm Stoyer looks at you and says... A bigger fish to fry here. Surely you don't. It's only a few thousand credits for me. Uh, you know, I hate that you're right. But I guess it's probably your lucky day that you're right. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm looking for. There is a... Uh, there's been some movement, you know around Port Jericho. Somebody's hanging around. Somebody has hit the scene recently. A guy named Sigrin. You know him? You know somebody that knows him? You talk to me? Well, then I pretend that I was never here. Black Dog Cavern? Never heard of it. Point me in the right direction? I will go that direction and you will never see me again. Even though you would think that someone as cybered up as Malcolm wouldn't have sweat glands anymore. He does begin to sweat at his temples and he looks nervously as you calmly go over his options. He does some quick calculation and then answers Well, um Yes, I know a secret um, escapee from the cubes. Might be one and the same. Well, he's got some friends, and he's at Lady La Casino. It's just across the way. Don't tell him Lady I told Lady La Casino. You. Yes. All right. I could get down with a casino. And he puts, um, he puts his, he plugs his uh, credit stick into the the tra- like into the receiver, and like pushes some buttons and says. Malcolm, my friend, Malcolm, my friend, drinks are on the house tonight. Don't forget, don't forget who loves you. <laughs> Malcolm doesn't quite smile. He's a little too bewildered by that turn of uh, fate for him, but he's thankful. What do you do next? Uh, I am going to uh, gather up the rest of my, gather up my crew gather up my posse and tell them uh you know we got a standard issue stakeout probably a little higher priority than normal we're gonna normal positions i'm gonna go in and cause some trouble shake things up see what bubbles to the surface uh be ready to intercept if you have to Hopefully I can hopefully I can hurt him myself. Uh, Waddle he's completely on board with this idea. Sachiko makes a face like 
you know, hopefully you can take them yourself. I'm not entirely sure mm-hmm. about that. And she pulls up a small uh, squib, like a little data screen, pulls up a few menus and says, I'll see what I can do about looking into the security system for Lady Luck. Perhaps I can get an eagle eye view and assist you. Perfect. That's why you're on the crew. See that? I only hire the best. And Waddle agrees. Yeah, only the best, boss. Only the best. So you want me to go in? I can go in with you. I I can go in. You want me to go in? I'll go in. I'll I'll be a heavy. You want to be a heavy? I always want to be a heavy. Okay, two things. One, no one likes a suck-up. Two, you stay out here. You be my heavy on the outside, because if he bursts out, there's going to be a much bigger scene. And I'm going to need muscle outside. Because if he gets out, we got to deal with law enforcement. Did, so you're going to be my heavy on the outside. Did, did you see But that? also, no one likes to suck up. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you, boss. But, but did you see the adverts when we were coming in for the ladies inside the luck, Lady Luck Casino? Because they, they make me feel lucky. You sure you don't want me to go in, boss? It, that's Look, look. We catch this guy. We put him away. There will be all the time in the world for casinos and ladies and... Whatever else we want to get into, you know, where we got, you know, what, what, Waddle, what am I always saying? What am I always saying about rushing? Oh, don't bother rushing because it only makes mistakes and stuffs. Exactly. Don't bother rushing because it only makes mistakes and stuff. But, but, but like, I thought that you needed to get back because uh, Halik is in trouble and, and hostage advised. Yeah. No, I know that, Waddle, but look, just stick to the plan, okay? I can't, I don't want to be switching up the plan right now. The plan works. We stick with the plan, and we get Halick. It's going to work out, okay? It's going to work out. Everything's going to be cool. He he nods amiably. And Sachiko says, it's going to be all right. You've got this. I'll stay here near and uh, I'll give you what I can see over the camps. Be careful. Always. Well, not always, but most of the time. This time. We'll call it this time. Cool. And you walk away as Waddle pulls out his uh, oversized wrench that he uses to adjust things on the ship and adjust people if need be. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 You head into Lady Luck Casino, and unfortunately, the adverts weren't entirely accurate. The, the beautiful ladies are there. However, they are holograms and pre-programmed and, and on a loop. It's a little tight, so it's kind of hard to pretend there's any kind of AI. Sure. Lady Luck... It is what it is, <laughs> you know. What are you going to do, right? It's, it's the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, who would really want to work here? Right. Lady Luck Casino is, uh, it can hold maybe 14, 15 tables worth of card games or dice games. There are rows of automated gambling machines, but everyone knows those are fixed. And there are a number of CD people here. Uh, there are a few men and women who are kind of walking amongst the tables to serve or to offer services. There's quite a bit here, but you do not 
as you walk in at first, and it is confirmed by your science officer. You do not see Sigrun, not for an immediate visual identification. What do you do? Uh, I am going to uh, saddle up to a table. Pick the nicest looking table I can find, saddle up to it, put my feet up, you know. Be kind of, cause kind of a little bit of a scene by being just a little bit like disrespectful and lackadaisical about it. Just enough to kind of get eyes on me and see like, you know, if I make a little bit of a scene, if I make my presence known, see what happens, see who scatters, see who moves around. Interesting. So, Vex, it's unorthodox, but then again, you're unorthodox. I feel as if you're trying to scope it out here, try to get a read on this overall situation. So when you uh, study an object, situation, or person, roll plus calculating. All right. I can do exactly that. My calculating is, I believe, zero. It is zero. All right. So this is a flat 2d6. That is a one and a six, which is a seven. So not bad. Not, not great. Bad. Not bad. Okay, on a seven to nine, your perception is a little dull. You create a bit of a scene, but then this isn't necessarily a high-class joint, so someone throwing their feet up on the table isn't quite as uproarious as a normal, established, civilized place. You get to ask one question. Do you see the list of questions on the basic moves? If not, I can drop it into chat. Uh, Let me find... Which is that? Is that an action move? That is a... Uh, oh, no, here it is. Yeah. Got it. Sorry. Scope it out. Here we go. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, what here will give me an edge? What here will give you an edge? There are two things that immediately will give you an edge. Number one, what will always give you an edge, flash some credit. Number two... There is a being that you recognize by the name of Michelle. And you recognize Michelle because you know that she knows Sigrun. That the two of them have had an on-again, off-again relationship. And anything relating to Michelle would give you an edge towards your goal here of trying to find Sigrun. I am going to, uh, I'm going to play through a hand or two, you know, take my time. No point in rushing, right? But I'm going to keep my eyes on Michelle. I'm going to kick my feet back down, slide up, uh, you know, slide. I think I'm kind of picturing her in conversation with some folks and I kind of slide in and like, not quite gracefully throw a joke in and like try to join in the conversation, but not quite ungracefully either in that sort of like, hi, I'm, I'm interjecting in your conversation, but I'm trying to do it without interrupting the flow of things. So I slide in and I'm like, ridiculous. Am I right? Am I right? So Michelle is with a couple of other denizens of this casino. They're currently placing bets on a simulcast of some kind of racing, uh, like an animal racing event. And so you jump in trying to commiserate. Does Michelle, does she know you on site or you just know of her because you study or pray? 
Uh, I think she knows me on site. I think, um, I think even if I, I think what it is, is even if I don't quite have the, the clearest of memory of catching Sigrun, Mm -hmm. Sigrun and Michelle have a clear memory of me. That makes sense. And so like, because, you know, I am nothing if not a little bit Austin, like I, I stand out in a crowd a little bit because of my odd demeanor. But also, you know, that whole, like, you, that whole, like, I don't stop pursuing thing. Nice. I th- So I think there's definitely a flashback to, like, oh, this is from before. So Michelle does the, uh, the brush-off maneuver. She's still watching the, the race, and then she glances over a second look at you, and she recognizes you, and she jumps back halfway over the arm of the couch, uh, reaching towards the holster that she has at her side. What do you do? Uh, I reach I reach for mine as well, but I put my other hand up to be like, there's no need. There's no need. You know, this doesn't have to go. Michelle, this doesn't have to go where you think it has to go. Interesting. Let's both take our hands off the holsters. And I just want to talk. I want to see you act quick to see if you can convince her of this before she reacts rashly. And this goes where it can't come back from. All right. So when you act quick, you're going to roll plus slick. All right. That is a that is a six. That is a failure. So the good news is that when you roll a six or less you get an advance, which in this game is like an XP. And when you get five of those, you can take new moves, do all kinds of cool stuff like that. The less than great news is that I get to make a call. Now, I'm called a Space Master in this game. I just want to say that so I can say Space Master because it sounds awesome. it's It's a good name. So I get a reaction. And the reaction is that she isn't about to hear this, that perhaps... Um, she's, she's surprised, but she was ready. Like she had a gun on her and she fires at you in close range. Uh, when she does, you take two harm. Now, the way that harm works in this game is you can eat that two harm. And if you take a look, that's just a scratch and it moves you, moves you to I'm rattled. Or you can push that harm to stress, which means that you're not going to take any disadvantage. Because if you're rattled, you're going to have disadvantage to slick and calculating rolls ongoing until you get yourself healed. But you can move it to stress and then not have to take any of that harm. Um, And then once you get five stress, then you get the possibility of something else that we'll talk about if we get there. Can I, can I do, is it, is it You can all split it. You can do can one I... or one. You can take just a scratch, which is one harm and one stress. Now you also have armor. Are you wearing it? Uh, I think I am wearing it. Okay. Then I'm that's one it. harm coming your way. We'll take that armor into effect. And I think I'm going to move that to stress. I think I'm going to move. So I've got one, ar- it reduces it to one, uh, one harm, which I'm going to make one stress. Okay, great. Awesome. So we are going to say that you, uh, you get that armor is going to take a little bit of damage, right? So you'll need to repair mm-hmm. that later. So it's currently discharged for now. 
but you take no actual physical harm from this. She fires off a, glan- a glancing blow off of your armor. And the casino, the music, the dancers, everything that's pre-recorded and feeded in all keeps going, including the race on the little vid screen in front of them. But that blaster bolt was loud enough for everyone in the, the vicinity to either get nervous and start reaching for their own v- guns um, or weapons or start moving for the exits real damn fast. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is pull is pull out my pistol, point it at her, um, like shoot it at the ceiling, and say, "Listen, one of us, one of us can, one of us can, one of us can die, or or none of, or neither of us can die." I think that I know which one you want, but I want neither of us to die. I just want to talk. We don't have to do this. You're going to have to intimidate her. Yep. Good thing is that you're pretty good at it. So let's go ahead and clear out those dice and you can, can roll fresh. Uh, yeah. Oh, shoot. You just hit the roll. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. That's all good. Submit. That is a 9. That is an 11 total. Oh, my goodness. So, again, a 10 plus. They have to choose, force you to follow through and suck it up or cave in and do what you want. She is going to cave in. She drops the gun. It it clatters on the little table that sits in front of the coffee area, uh, the the little coffee table there in front of the vid screen. And she holds her hands, like, palms towards you. Okay. Let's get a table and let's chat. I just want to talk. And we I pull up to a table. I plug in the credit. I plug in the credit stick. I order a round of drinks. I order a round of appetizers. <laughs> awesome. And I start eating loudly and like not not paying her as much attention as I as it would seem like I should given the fact that we just had a little bit of a firefight. But after I finished about half a plate of interstellar mozzarella sticks i lean forward and i'm like listen i know he's out and if you're here i'm willing to bet you know that you knew that too so talk to me well yeah he said he was coming this way and for me to meet him so he's not here yet she looks down at the cheese sticks, picks one up, shoves it in her mouth, and nods. Mm-hmm. She is lying. Mm-hmm. For sure. I know, I know, I know lies. I'm pretty good at lies. What do you do? Michelle, listen. I... You know that this is going to get messy. You know that this is going to get big and loud. I mean, it already kind of has with the gunshots, but putting that in the past, you know that this is going to escalate. But the level to which it escalates is on you right now. You have the option. You can walk away. You don't have to get involved with this. Just point me in a direction, walk away, and you're fine. And you can go live out the rest of your life. Or 
we can get involved and the same thing that happened last time happens again, except now this time you're involved. Make me a deal. Make a choice right now. Either way, I'm fine with it. I am in no rush to take care of this. If there's extra loose ends, there are extra loose ends. But I'm offering you a chance. There's the door. So I'm going to roll with the fact that you intimidated her earlier, rather than forcing Mm -hmm. another die roll, and say that she considers her options and how sure you are of how bad this could go for her. Does the calculation of exactly where Sigrun is and who is here to protect her and says... He's got a guy coming to pick him up. He might be gone now. I'm not. I assume he was headed to. I assume he was headed to the dock. Yeah. All right. Listen. I never saw you. And he starts to walk out, and he stops, and he says, "But you're doing the you're you're." You're trying to do the shoot from the hip thing, but you're not really giving your forearm enough. You know, you're not, you're not flexing. You gotta flex more. You gotta, because you need that steady. You'll figure it out. Just hold, you know, hold steady. You'll take a much cleaner shot next time. She, she, her, her brows furrow and she tries to mimic what action you're doing, but she doesn't have the gun out. She makes sure you know she doesn't have the gun out. And then, then she nods, but you're not entirely sure she got it. She'll figure it out. She's got a good head on her shoulders. So, yeah, uh, I walk out. I tap Waddle on the shoulder, and I'm like, it ain't much. You know, they're holograms, but uh, get in there, relax, enjoy. Uh, Listen, uh, Michelle's in there eating cheese sticks. Don't, you know, we already did a thing. You probably heard a gunshot or two. It's fine. Let her be. Go watch a show. I gotta take care of some business at the dock. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some guys that came running out and I almost hit one of them, but I, I didn't because he was still in there and you didn't fire back. So, but sure, I'll, I'll go in. And then Sachiko comes in uh, over the comms. She says, we need to go. We need to go? We need to go. We need to go. Waddle, we need to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, and Sachiko has kind of painted over your VR display mm-hmm. a particular exit that she recommends you take. And you see a, a four confed security officers that are coming down the escalators from the upper level on this part of the space station. What do you wish to do? Um, I am going to head towards the exit that Sachiko uh, recommends. I am going to, uh, I'm going to stop and I'm going to look at my comp, like I'm going to flip through my comms unit in my hand, my little data pad, seeing if I can find, uh, some sort of public, see if I can find some sort of public identification number for Michelle, some sort of place that I can send her like a message. Sure. That's easy enough. Yeah. I send her a message just like GTFO. Like, go, confit. That's nice. That's so nice. So thoughtful. Cool. I need you to act quick to avert the 
these four confed security officers that are headed towards you. Sure can. That is a seven plus, which, what is that? I think you're flat on slick. slick. Yes, seven. So a straight up seven. So on a seven with act quick, uh, you do it, but you choose one. That's underneath the action moves. You have a choice of three there you have to choose. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave something behind. Cool. So you take off and you get to the elevator uh, that will take you up to the sector where you can get to the docks. And Sachko is there with you, but the doors, as the doors close, you see that Waddle had had dropped his wrench, and he tries to catch up to you. And he says, "Go on, go on." Um, and then the doors close, and Sachko sighs. <sighs> I'll go back down. No. Sachiko, I need you to get to the docks. I need you to, I need a record of every ship coming in and off in the last, like, day or so. He's, uh, Sigrun's meet, meeting somebody, they're going off, and if they get off of the station, then it's over, we lose. So, uh, I need people, I need people coming in, I need people coming out. I need unregistered ships, I need something that you could, something that somebody could smuggle their way off of. Presumably something with a connection to the shark, presumably something that seems, that is trying to seem like not a stolen vehicle. Okay. I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get Waddle, we're gonna both meet, uh, we'll both meet at the docks. The sooner you can get me that data, the better. And uh, remember that part where I said I wasn't going to die? Still about 75% stance. Okay, that that reads. And then she will step off of the lift and you head back down to catch up with Waddle. The doors to the lift open up and Waddle is being uh, carried off by two of the confed officers. He's a big guy. So the two of them have him underneath his arms and they have him in uh, manacles and restraints. And the other two, they are not watching the elevator. They're mostly dealing with him because he's kicking his feet because he's a terrible prisoner. No one has trained him how to be a good prisoner. So he is just making a mess. Um, There are people watching, but you don't see any other security detail that are coming to help because four officers should be able to handle one mm-hmm. individual. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to find, like, hide behind a, a wall, hide around a corner, take a quick uh, pot shot or two over their heads, try to, uh, try to, like, not necessarily hurt them, but, like, scatter them, giving Waddle, giving Waddle exact, like, enough time to grab his wrench and dash for the elevator. All right. You know, it doesn't sound like you want to harm them, so I don't think you're necessarily entering into a firefight here. But I think maybe you're trying to keep your cool and take just the right shot uh, without causing too much damage. What do you think about that? Does that feel fair? That works for me. All right. When you uh, attempt to keep your cool under pressure, roll plus stalwart. All right. And that is plus one. All right. You are pretty stalwart. It is a nine. 
All right. Uh, so on a keep your cool, on a seven to nine, you can choose one, either suffer one stress or you have disadvantage going forward. And what that means is that the next time you would roll dice, you would roll 3d6 and pick the lowest two. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna suffer another stress. All right. I think that's a good choice. So you're now at three stress. You fire over their two, heads. Two, uh, two stress, because I reduced it by one. You're right, because of the armor. Unless I'm that's right. Something. Cool. So you're yep. now at two stress. You fire over their heads. Now, is this with... You've got two weapons here, that assault rifle and then your pistol. Which one of those two are you using for this? Uh, I actually don't own an assault oh, rifle. I just I've see it in the gear, but you thermal. didn't add the gear slot. I see, I see. Awesome. So you get your pistol. Um, great. So you fire that pistol. You don't have to discharge it. And you fire over their heads. These guys, again, if you remember Port Jericho, this is not where the top recruits, top of the line recruits go. One of them drops to his knees. Uh, the other two drop Waddle for sure. And they are looking around trying to acquire a target, but you have hidden yourself. It's a stressful situation. You know that there are a couple, like you're right across from the, the Black Dog Tavern. And there are a couple of the tavern goers who are watching this. Like, this is the greatest entertainment of the entire day. Uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's something. That's something to, that's, uh, you know, something to be admired, I guess. Um, I kind of, uh, I kind of, I hope that Waddle gets the message and together, like, we kind of make a, we, we wait, I wait for him to grab his wrench and pass me and then I kind of, Start shoving him towards the the lift. Nice. So I'm going to say for the two of you to get out of here, I'm going to ask for one more act quick roll as a few blaster bolts are fired in your general direction because they're going to at least shoot at Waddle, but he's moving as quick as he possibly can, wrench in hand. And so you'll need to roll slick one more time, and if you're successful, then you'll be able to pull an escape. All right. Well, I rolled an 11. Wow. You're so quick. So so these guys have Doing all right. they, they have the accuracy of stormtroopers. Several yep. blaster bolts fire around you guys, uh, leaving a nice silhouette uh, of where you were. Lift doors close, and there's klaxons that sound as there's a soft alert uh, on the station for shots fired. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I'm I'm real sorry. Yeah, I got it. I I got it. Hey, no, don't apologize. I, (laughs) that was fun. That was, uh, uh, I love, oh, I love backwater space stations. I got to tell you, Waddle. Your your definition of fun and my definition of fun are exactly the same, boss. But yeah, just some, okay, well, fun. We were fun. (laughs) Thanks for coming back. Hey, for me. listen, buddy, I I like you, and I don't want you to get arrested and probably, I don't know, tortured and killed. I don't know what the confed does to prisoners. I, it hasn't been a while since I've... Anyway, listen, we got a lead on where Sigrun is. Uh, Sachiko's pulling up information at the dock. He's meeting somebody. They're going to get off planet. You wanted a chance to be the heavy? Yeah. This is our chance to be the heavy. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I got the wrench. I got the wrench. Hell, yes. 
Good. So uh, we're gonna meet her at the dock. She's pulling up a relay. We're gonna find the we're gonna find the ship that's taking him off planet. We're gonna corner him. We're gonna isolate him. Uh, we're both gonna work our respective magics, and uh, we'll take home a bounty. That, that sounds great. The soft chime of the lift door happens just before it opens and you are on the level of the station that has the docks so we cut to you guys walking in into one of the hangar bays and you meet up with sachiko who walks up she's got her little wrist communicator and her data pad out her little squib and she says i've already told gabby to fire up the engines i'm not entirely sure but i think that he's already left. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, hey. Appreciate what you're doing. You're doing good work. All right. Let's get on the ship. Let's track him down. Let's do what we do. Let's make the inevitable happen. I love saying that. I love it. It's, it's good. It's good, boss. Hey, what I t- yeah, I kind of like I kind of like a suck up. I can't lie to you. Let's get on the ship. So, we'll see you guys take off at a jog. You happen to be a couple hangers away, and the inevitable, as Suchko had told you, is already spinning up. You guys head up the uh, gangway, up the ramp, and as soon as you do, you hear Gabby up front going over the loudspeakers. Such, you know. I, I saw the data you were pulling down. I, we've got a few guesses here. You know, maybe we can roll the dice. They, I don't know if they've actually gone into subspace yet. It's, it's possible. It's possible that they're still somewhere around here. I mean, it's a gas giant, so it really futzes with the subspace drive. you got to go on sublight engines for you know, like at least like half a rotation. Okay. Okay, between the two of you, somebody tell me if we think that he's around here or not. <laughs> nice. Cool. Uh, so, Sachiko and Gabby, Sachiko heads up to the cockpit, which, as we have defined in our pregame, is the only quiet spot on the inevitable. And it stops being quiet because the two of them drop into a techno babble argument about how to locate. So, I'm going to have you roll a scope it out using their combined expertise to try to see if you can figure out if. Sigrun has left the system or if he might still be found. But they're talking about rerouting the fluctuating temporal capacitors. They're talking about inverting some quantum fields and to get a conduit on the auxiliary uh, energized up so they can confine uh, some of the uh, trilithium. So they, there's a lot going on there. By the way, I'm spouting techno I'm standing behind both of them, just kind of like tennis, like watching it like a tennis game, like Okay. All right. Sounds good. Great. Works for me. Okay. Nice. So what am I rolling? You are rolling so plus what, what, what? calculating to scope, scope it out. Okay. Uh, that is a six. I think that is a flat six. Awesome. Yes, that is a flat six. I, I love it. So you get another advance, which in this game is like XP, and that will be your second. Mm-hmm. And then I get a, a Space Master move. The two of them argue back and forth. You listen in. 
And then Sachiko pulls down the ins and outs that she already had. She drops that into the Navcom and she tells you, Okay, Gabby and I agree that that he left on the Blackheart. We pulled the roster for everyone that was exiting, and there were a couple of non-idents. We know the Sigrin is on one of them. Now, you know the Blackheart. Uh, the Blackheart is part of the Shark's fleet, uh, so it does read for you. And sure enough, the Blackheart left half of an arn or just about you know 30 microns ago you may be able to catch them so gabby fires up the engines and you take off uh only to see the the trail of it hitting subspace and the engines it pops in and goes into faster than light travel Uh, calm, calm. What would Flash do? What would Flash do? Okay, we're about to have a subspace chase. Does that sound fun? Doesn't that sound fun? I think it sounds fun. Is this like the the fight with the Comfed fun? Uh, it's probably closer to that than your definition of fun. Yes. <laughs> Gabby says, um, listen, you know that we're short a crew member, and so if we're really going to do this, you're going to have to run the guns. It wouldn't be the first time. Let's make, let's make magic happen. Awesome. You then are going to engage a predator ship move because you guys are going to go into subspace. So if you take a look at the ship move information, ship the inevitable, um, there is a subspace drive move. Mm -hmm. When you plot a course to a star system within distant range and you engage your subspace drive, roll plus alien. I regret to inform you that when you assigned your statistics, uh, which are- The alien, alien is minus one. Yeah. This is not my strong suit. This is your, this is your weakest approach, sir. All right. That is a nine, that is an eight. Nice. On a seven to nine, you get there, but you have to choose one. Either trouble has caught up with you, the Space Master will tell you what, or your ship has sustained one damage during the trip. Now, I'll remind you, you took redundant systems. Yes. This sucker can take a look and keep on ticking. Yes. Uh, the, it's not the prettiest ship. It's not the most functioning ship. But damn, can she take a beating. And I think that's exactly what happens. I think we come out of subspace and just part of the ship is missing. Just a chunk of it's just not where it was before. And I'm looking at the readings like, it's going to be expensive. uh, Whatever. All right. It's fine. That's why we built it the way that we built it. Nice. So you hop into subspace and Sachiko and Gabriela were able to basically figure out about the system that it's headed into. And so when you guys come out of subspace, you are just far enough from the gravity well of another system. Uh, This is the Protoss system, and you are headed towards uh, Toon 4. Toon spelled T-H-O-E-N, Toon 4. 
And Tune 4, you know well because it is under the auspices of the shark. Um, not the entire planet, but enough. You know, controlling interest, you might say. Right. It's not a, a huge planet. if you will. It's, you know, it only has a dozen actual established places. Most of it is water. Uh, kind of like Camino from Star Wars, right? It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a very sure. watery planet, but then there are um, stations that are set up. There, there are basically mining buoys and, and other things that have become establishments, and they are under the shark's control, or they pay extortion money to him. And you are able to see the black heart. It is ahead of you. You can try to come in hot. Um, you could try to slip in and just follow. What is it that you'd like to do? Uh, I think we're coming in hot. I think... I... Today's not the day between me and the shark. It's... I'd love... I'd love to take this all the way to the top. I would love... I. I would love to have that big climactic showdown, but not with Halick on the line. Not with a bounty on the line. Not with my reputation on the line. I think we take Sigrun and we go home. And I'm not thrilled about it, but that's the job. I don't stop chasing until the job is done. The Blackheart is a medium freighter that is relatively well armed. However, everything is forward facing. It is a scavenger kind of ship. And it is not heavily armored. You have a shot, and I'd like to go ahead and have you acquire target. Now, one of the cool things about this game is that the, while we do have rules like subspace or, or the subspace drive, that generally when you're doing a thing in your ship, you are rolling. Um, it's, it's called motorhead. When you make a move piloting a vehicle, you make the move as normal. And there are mm-hmm. vehicle strengths and weaknesses that will, that may apply to the situation. So acquiring a target means that the harm that you do will be the harm that the ship does. And you'll be rolling plus calculating to take a shot. All right, here we go. That is an eight. Nice. On a seven to nine, you just deal your harm. Um, there are other options that you can get if you you roll a 10+, plus, but you do get to do your harm. All right, we're going to go with one damage because you haven't purchased missiles or plasma cannon. That's how you get mm-hmm. more than one. Cool, so you have lasers. Um, one damage, great. So you fire, and the Blackheart has a pair of engines with the very first shot, you are able to take out the first engine. Uh, it winks a couple times, and then it is out. The Blackheart immediately kind of ceases. It's, it's not, it has not enter, entered the atmosphere of Tune 4. Uh, so what they're doing is basically trying to pull a 180 so that they can bring their weapons to bear. And with that, I think that you need to engage in a firefight. Lucky yeah. for you, firefight is something you roll with volatile. So when you open yourself to danger and exchange violence with an enemy, roll plus volatile. That works for me. 
That is a five. That is a seven total. Thank goodness it's with Volatile, huh? All right. With a yeah, seven right? to nine, you exchange harm, which means that your ship is going to, because you have the redundant systems, you'll take another hit to the redundant yep. systems, which is great for you and not so great for them because you exchange harm and then choose one. Do you see the uh, options under Firefight as a combat move? Yes, I do. Uh, I am going to exchange harm and I am going to um let's see here i don't want to i don't want to disengage i don't want to i think i'm going to i think i'm going to impress dismay or frighten nice put the fear in them it's kind of what i do awesome so as they are pulling a 180 you fire again and you're able to shear off the left wing of the black heart which does take away one of its laser targeting systems as well. Um, it, you see some sparks, right, that die off in mm-hmm. space very quickly. And then Gabby says, hey, we're being hailed. All right, put them on. And I kind of start spinning in my chair a little bit, you know. I reach for the comic book again. Put them on. Uh, cool, the hollow pops up and you see a younger um, being uh, Pierce female and she looks a little harried. Uh, she's got like a cornrows but then it's a cornrow mohawk if that makes sense. Okay. Like the sides of her yep, head are yep, shaved. Yep. A lot of um, piercings in her left ear and she says uh, this is Captain Dahlstrom and you're firing on me. Why? Sigrin, where's he at? Uh, yeah, he's he's in the back, but I don't think I could secure him without problems. Problems? Yeah, I this isn't exactly what I want to do. What kind of problems? Well, when he told us where we were going, I said I didn't want to go, and then he put a gun to my head, so he's probably dialing you in on the turret if you want to aim for that. I am sorry for the hassle. I am uh, sorry for the time, but... uh... Don't work for the shark next time. And I hang up the call and I take aim at the turret. <laughs> nice. Cool. So you're going to do another firefight roll here. You know it. And you are seeing it's a belly turret underneath the black heart. And I take aim and I open fire and I get a five, six, seven. <laughs> Yet again. You just want those advances so hard, but you just don't. I want them. I just. I'm rolling hot. I'm rolling hot today. Sweet. So that uh, there's two harm coming your way because he has turbo lasers on that belly turret. It's just uh, got a forward firing arc, so he couldn't really pull it in until they flipped that 180. So that's what's coming your way is you get to choose one as you exchange harm. Uh, I am going to take the harm, deal a harm, 
discharge my lasers and deal an additional harm. Ooh. I don't want him. I, I, oh, wait, no, I can't. I have to bring him back in an identifiable <laughs> form. Uh, all right, then I'm, taking, I'm only taking one harm. I'm only taking one harm. I'm reducing my harm by one. Okay. You play a KG and suffer minus one harm, which takes out the last of your redundant systems. Any yes. damage you take after this is going to hurt. Uh, I believe I have one more point of super. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I have one more point of superficial because I get an additional three for, for the redundant systems. Uh, yep. Yep, you get three extra hits of superficial damage. That is correct. So I have one more superficial hit before I start suffering. All right, so you disable the turret, but you do not blow it uh, to oblivion. And I think that we get a shot where I'm like, I am about to like really just unload, and I'm like, no, damn it. All right. So what does it look like when you disable this turret and pretty much take out Sigrun? Uh, I think it looks like, I think I take the first shot and it like melts the actual turret. Like they get a shot off as I'm like approaching, right? Because we got to get in close to get a precise shot. Mm-hmm. They pick off some more of the ship. They knock off some of these. They, they you know, the ship has, lo- has seen much better days. But eventually at the first shot I take sears the turret. So it basically like melts it into a nub. <laughs> I go to press down that second button and I can see him a little bit like through the window, like the view screen. It's kind of pulling up. It's like I, it's highlighting his figure. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be Halek. God, you owe me, Halek. You really, really owe me. And I lean back and I hail again. And I'm like, Sigrin. He's ta- he should be taken care of. He should be thoroughly rattled. You should be able to get him. All I ask is that you let us you let us take him on board, and we take him off, and you can go back to whatever crime business you do with the shark. I'm not going to ask questions today. Sounds good. Thanks. Well, except for the repair bill. And so we will cut to the two ships docking. Actually, I have one question. Uh, I hear her kind of mutter about the repair bill. And I want to know... uh, I want to know... What did she do to get a bounty on her? (laughs) Oh, So you know that the Blackheart has gotten a bounty on her. Dahlstrom specifically sits on space lanes that are not confed patrolled, and she holds people up. She's a pirate, and she will look for the weakest of the herd, and she has no kills on her record, but she's got enough guns to make it worth the while of the captain to just roll over and let them take the cargo, and they can take the insurance hit. So, so, uh, I think that she gets on, like, as we're, I'm, I'm telling her, like, let her on, let's on, she's like, except for the repair bill, and I'm like, yeah, you got a bounty of about, uh, I don't know, 14k? It seems like it should repair a turret pretty easily. I mean, it might not fix the wing, and, I mean, it should, I feel like that should take a solid chunk if I just, uh, 
take the money that I owe you for repairs, subtract the money that I'd get bringing you in. Seems like a bit of a wash. Yeah, okay, I'll take it. And so... Pleasure, pleasure doing business. <laughs> we cut to the Blackheart. Uh, because they have a belly turret, you have to airlock with them from the top. And there is a stunned and disabled, not manacled, because you know they don't really want manacles on board. Sure. But they will pass over Sigrin to you. And... Waddle will kind of carry him in. Do you have on board, do you have like a cell or a compartment where you store? We have uh, what was once, what was originally intended to be like, we have a closet for lack of a better term. (laughs) We've taken out like the the panels of a closet and we kind of just put him inside and we're like, okay, let's take him back. Nice. Cool. So then you want to take him back. You're going to need to take him back to Auron's base. And so right. let's have you. You're trying to do this quick. So I'd like to see you engage the subspace drive. All right. Roll plus alien. That's, that's an 11 minus 1 is 10. What? What? I hate this roll for your party website. I used to love it, but it doesn't give me enough moves with your misses. That's great. Awesome. Congratulations. That's fantastic. I'm loving this. You get there on time and without any complications. Uh, So you fly in. Of course, this, you know, it would be cool to me. I like the idea of you just returning him straight back to the, Mm -hmm. the moon of Pharaoh to yep. the House of Cubes, uh, the prison where no one has escaped and stayed escaped at this point. Yep, I think I, I think I, I think I, we land. I kind of like shove him off. I've got the gun to him, and like I meet up. I think there are officials waiting. Like prison, there's prison guards and there's officials, and you know they're they're talking. Uh, I think maybe Sachiko is like hammering out details and hammering out payment. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, where the, where the Criff is, where the Criff is, Halick. This is, come on. We had a deal. Nice. The, the, uh, the Zatrax officials take over Sigrin. They place a, a keeper collar on him and start escorting him back in. They're going to drop him in a cube where no one will find him again. They threaten. And you say, you know, where is Halix? Halix. And about that time um, from the interior of the House of Cubes walks out a person about your age, maybe in a little bit better shape than you, but, you know... It's not like they have to eat the kind of food that you do, and you see... That's fair. You see the um, Aran official. Uh, you see Halic, uh, Halic Thondra. They release him and under your recognizance. Your Halic comes out, kind of rubbing his arms. Hey, handsome. Vex... Who else could have done it? Well, I I had a small list of a small list. 
<laughs> really? Six or seven other bounty hunters. That... <laughs> Six or seven. Okay, fine. Uh, that, okay, enjoy the House of Cubes, and uh, we're going to head out. He reaches out and grabs your shoulder and pulls you in for a, a hug. And, and I I, uh, I turn around and I, I kiss him. You know, one quick kiss, and I'm like, come on, let's go. One, you know, we'll drop you off where you need to go, and we'll be out of your hair. Just, you know, consider this... Consider this a gift for old time's sake, right? Okay. And I think we hop onto the ship and uh, we take off back for back towards Jericho. Yeah. And unless you've got something else, I think that's game. I think that is game. Yes, you. Done. You are able to take in Sigrun. Uh, if this were an ongoing game, you of course would then mark your feud uh, because you complete a contractor episode strain that interferes with your nemesis shark, and that would uh, eventually take over to cause a great deal of of trouble for you and yours. But mm-hmm. you are able to thwart shark, take Sigrun back, and save your ex lover. Halic. Congratulations. Perfect. What a fu- Oh, this was great. Rich, thank you so much for coming on Party of One and running this for me. This was a blast. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. This was a thrill to run it for you. You're, you're awesome as Vex. I love Vex. Oh, I, I'm totally in love with Vex. I adore him. Rich, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, where can people find your work online? You can find me on Twitter at Orklord, O-R-K-L-O-R-D. You can find me on Google Plus on the same name and also my YouTube channel uh, where I have lots of actual plays of me running games like Impulse Drive and lots of Power by the Apocalypse. And last but not least, my podcast known Plus one forward where I have my co-host Rach Shelke and I, we dig into all of the games we can find that are powered by the apocalypse. Oh, it's good. It's it's And plus one forward is very good. It is. I, I really enjoy it a lot. Thank you. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast. I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Rich for coming on to the show. That game was an absolute blast. And while we're thanking people, a special thank you to Ryan Wolf, the writer and designer of the Port Jericho setting that Rich used in the episode. You can find more of Ryan's work that includes game development stuff, digital art, and starship deck plans, which is just cool, at Zero Hour, that's number zero hyphen HR dot com. You can also check the show notes where you'll also find information about Impulse Drive, Plus One Forward, the Gauntlet Gaming Community, and of course where to follow Rich on Twitter. Then, while you're on Twitter, you can follow this show at Party of One Pod, then head over to Facebook and like the show at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. If you really enjoyed the show, consider giving us a nice iTunes review, social media shout-out, or word-of-mouth recommendation. Your recommendations are the most effective way of the show reaching new audiences, getting bigger, and doing bigger, better, and cooler things. And honestly, they brighten my day, and it's always just a, ha- a happy treat when I see someone say something nice about the show. Uh, you can also consider backing the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, podcasts, and interviews. And Patreon dollars help pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, and convention appearances. If you'd like to hear more from me, you should check out All My Fantasy Children, the character creation, world-building, and storytelling podcast powered by your listener prompts, hosted by me and my best friend, Aaron Catano Saez. You can find that at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. 
If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, or you're interested in coming onto the show because we're always looking for cool new people, be they podcasters, game designers, writers, artists, professional wrestlers, or just cool people who love fun games, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. That's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, gang.